coming to you live. I'm alive from budget season. Like, I'm still alive. You're still alive. <laughs> Your business is still alive. We're <laughs> still gonna get paid. All my miss you questions answered this week. I will not comment because, you know, the unit is on the line. Best. But you know what I realized? Mm. Um, this this um, whole... I, I mean, it's terrible to say, I guess. But I hope, you know, no... WGA people, but but this this writers this the strikes have been good for me. It's it's basically like I mean, especially since we do this show, a lot of the stuff we love, which is watching stuff, tends to seem like work, right? You're always like trying to catch up on the show, and you're trying to uh, finish the season so we can talk about it, etc. But since there's less shows, I've I've realized I've been finding I've been rewatching a lot of the things I love, including. The, our main event for today. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't see us actually taking the time to watch, for example, a Wes Anderson, like five Wes Anderson movies. Oh, yeah. 11 in, 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 the, in case. <laughs> right? That would never have happened had it not been, um, yeah, for, for this stop gap right now in, in the world. Like, I'm a, I, as, a, as a member of the press, I've been going to a lot of press screenings. Um, and shows are continuously coming out. In fact, I just got the screeners for one of your shows, which is The <laughs> Continental. The, the strike hasn't yet affected output. It's only affected mm-hmm. the fact that you don't see people promoting that output. But there's still a lot of movies coming out. In fact, there was like six things, six films that came out in the last two weeks. But I, I've heard from the you know industry peeps on uh, Twitter that uh, this upcoming season yeah, will be sort of crucial because they should be starting production for the next year's round of shows, deba. Right? So if, it, if things aren't resolved fairly soon, then they're really going to start parang having a reverse glut next year of, of, of material. And then it's that, that's when lalabas talaga yung mga sinasabi ni Quark na suddenly <laughs> sobrang bida yung international productions on the Netflix sano, home pages. Well, uh, Ramon, if you see on Netflix, the German shows are at the top. I mean, people are watching it when I see the Netflix US charts especially. Amazon has kind of David Kolpa Mia and maybe we should watch that. People are raving about it. And then there's uh, Medellin, which is a French film, but but with Mike Tyson in it. I don't know why. But but it, it does. Medellin, seem... di ba Vinny Chase yan? Huh? Oh, <laughs> I don't like wow. Vincent they... Chase or, yan, or, eh? or the Hangover, oh, right? <laughs> like what the heck? Oh. Um, yeah, it, it it is happening. Like uh, a lot of people are comparing this to the rise of uh, unscripted, di ba? When ano came about when the first mm, when, yeah, the, yeah. when the strike during two thousand three like happened. So do you think there's going to be like a backlash to this strike? Or parang a no. backfire of, of what their original intent was, which was to get more money. But now the streamers are saying, well, we can actually live without you guys with all this international stuff and unscripted stuff. No. Because there was a recent article about how Netflix Korea especially is like, the Korean talents especially are, are paying attention to the strike. Because they're paid terribly. Pala. And then... And there, and then you know, but the, one of the things that came around when Squid Game was such a hit was that he wasn't getting any anything extra from it being like a monster global hit. So he only was able to, parang um, 
use the leverage when he was negotiating a season two. But uh, that's why they're they're terrified of having to pay, especially the Netflix, the Korean sort of content uh, creators, the same rate or fairer, better rates than the U.S. Uh, talents because uh, they love that they are getting the Korean stuff cheap, but they're all it's also very very watched around the world. Mm. So yeah. they should but be also getting then, residuals for that. On the off yeah, hand, I, though, like I think, well, actually, <laughs> I'm just getting this from the town with Matt Bellney. Um, it seems like they're gonna, they're stuff like like uh, a late night is going to to suffer a lot, like. Um, the rumblings gonna it's gonna be three times a week na lang or or like Kimmel, but they're gonna take mm-hmm. uh, summers off and then um, there there does seem to be uh, there will seem to be backlash towards like known like like people who are very outspoken um, on either side right like um, uh, and we, you can already kind of feel this with with Drew Barrymore and um, and what's his name Bill Mayer Bill Maher no Maher. but at least they reversed mm. mm-hmm. yeah but, but you know so at least know. there's that oh my, my effect though um, and I know and like stuff like Yellowstone on CBS <laughs> like where they're kind of like retooling apparently a lot of the the streaming stuff to Basically, it's it's like oh you know let's just put the streaming stuff on TV as well and vice versa. Parang may mga ganun na like like on on basically like saving money. HBO selling stuff like Pero, Band of Brothers and um, Insecure, the to Netflix. Yeah, but but that's also sort of what it goes to that point nga diba, na because uh, in the case of Yellowstone, because Yellowstone was put on broadcast na, then they start to ha- they have to start paying residuals. So that's one of the things that they are kind of fighting for. Na, diba, parang what happens here should be happening in the other in the streaming space also. Mm-mm. So, so parang ano, yeah, at least with the theory mm-hmm. is parang peak TV is this is the ano, this is the end point. Na, ano, na basically yun nga parang mas mas ano talaga like like when you make stuff. Yes, it's gonna go through the different windows and yes, the writer's gonna be paid, but overall. Like you work with less people, you um, you reuse a lot of the uh, content again, and and you know, kokonte yung stuff that is like strictly for streaming. So I don't see that as a bad thing, though. Yeah, like no, no, I mean, maybe changes. there should be more. There will be major changes. Right. right? Mm-hmm. There will be blood. <laughs> I think that if it if it happens, the like especially we complain about how generic so much of original streaming content is. If there's more parang quote unquote gatekeepers for the quality uh, assurance or whatever, then that might be a better thing. Diba? Parang, I, I think I hope it means that only really good concepts and ideas uh, move forward, as opposed to them just throwing everything and then you know. In like like in the Barry episode, within hours, if it's not hitting certain metrics, cancelled. I'm just glad that su- Succession made it through this <laughs> this season, <laughs> like they did it before every oh, yeah. all these rumblings came. Uh, mm. well, speaking of which, what what have you guys been watching? What is there to watch? Right, right. So this episode is kind of like our catch up with with what we've been. Um, watching and then our we also want to celebrate uh, a seminal film in I think in our youth 
it's 20 years this month. It's lost in translation. But yeah, um, I want to start this whole catch up with um, I was fortunate enough to watch Hamilton for the very first time ever, like ever, ever, ever. I was invited to the dress rehearsal <laughs> over at Solaire. Um, I am such a, sometimes I'm really just a musical ignoramus. I, I only know like, you know, the big ones, like the the Sound of Music, all, all the classics one, classic ones. I don't know. I, I was never intrigued enough or, to watch or make an effort to see Hamilton on Broadway or or in San Francisco or wherever because it was always so sold out. But yeah, I was invited to go to Solaire, had a great time. It is such a long show. Well, now I know why everyone is is raving about it. I'm not like I'm not a big Hamilton head or hammy or I don't know what they're called, but um, I, I, see, I, I see why I see why people are so drawn to this. And actually, Mong said that it's kind of like vanilla rap. <laughs> that's why that's why people are so like they love the modern sound of it. But it's it's very broad, right? The rap, the all the modern musical styles in it are very... It's meant to be appealing across all cultures and demographics. Is it but I'm sure the, you guys the three-turning... Well, very sparse stage, right? Yeah, it, it, I think it's the same stage where... This is all after the show, right? Na I googled. Um, it has a turntable, lazy Susan type of stage direction. Yeah. So you didn't watch it at all. Did any of the songs... Um, sound familiar? Nope. Nothing. You didn't. You never went like Leonardo DiCaprio meme and like, oh, I know. No, this song. Lin Manuel Miranda for me okay. is Moana and Encanto. I've and never Frozen. seen. And Fro- not, Frozen is not his quirk. Oh, <laughs> the Heights. Um, oh, so they're called Hamil fans or Hamiltons? Hamiltons. There, I am not a Hamilton, but I understand why you guys are so into this. The girl in front of us is obviously a Hamilton because she was. You know, really into the show, like super into. Was it. she singing throughout? Yes, she alone? was, and oh, that's the crying. Worst. You know, the usual, the usual. You know, the usual Broadway fan, theater heads. I've never seen Rent. We've never seen Rent, even in the movie, or. But the movie is bad, Deba. Right? That's what everyone said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, Rachel and Go. I want to. I want to see. I want to see. I've never. Oh. I never knew she had a voice like that. It's so pure. What a what a joy to discover her and listen to her singing. And I didn't know the, uh, the twist in the is, end. Also. Isn't she Kim in right now? Apparently also? she's no. she, she played was. Kim. She played Eponine also in yeah. Lemis. Um she was in Hamilton UK, I believe, as Eliza. And then this touring company, how they work is they invite people if they are free to perform in certain cities and then they of course invited Rachel Ango being Filipino. And so this is her is first time performing a, a musical in front of her hometown. Is she Eliza here also? Yeah, yeah, she's okay. Eliza here. And really, what a what a revelation. She's For me, she's the best part of the show. I, I read somewhere that they're like good Hamiltons and good Washingtons and great Elizas. And I think we got a very, very great Eliza. Okay, so now that you've seen it, are you going to finally watch the Disney Plus original cast? I will, cast? I will. Now that I just... You know, I haven't seen the Disney Plus either, so is it good? Or... Yeah, it's the original cast. Like Jonathan Groff, right? And, uh, and everyone. Uh... Philippa Sue. But it's so funny. Yeah. So they, they, but they, they do the first song, and it's like, it's a fast-paced song, right? And I was telling mom, oh my gosh, I am such 
don't kill me, but I'm gonna say I wish they had subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that I can keep up with what they're saying. I, I had no idea what was going on. Context clues na lang every song na parang, okay, so this song is about like the revolution and this song is about them trying to figure out this part. Dapat <laughs> may mm. Cliff's Notes instead of a playbill. Yes. Well, apparently the, the playbill has history in it, but it was a thousand bucks and I was a cheapskate. Didn't want to buy it. But speaking of Disney Plus, I will watch Hamilton after I finish Moving, which is a highly recommended K drama on our Facebook group. It is, I think, Dodo's um, Do's, um, favorite, favorite K drama of the year, and Vince also one of our members. And um, it starts really slow, but after the fourth episode hump, which is like normal for every K drama, it is fantastic. It's. Um, they said that this is probably the best superhero series ever, and it's not even Marvel. I'm inclined to agree this this early on. Parashang wow. heroes crossed with Stranger Things. Someone told me it was sky high, but there's a murder. Wait, well, right, it depends because we grew up with heroes. We I didn't grow up yeah. with sky high, and for me, this is like heroes. Not you know, they're kids in high school. With superpowers and they're adults with superpowers and there's a murder mystery. There's like FBI agents chasing these superheroes around. There's teen drama. They, you know how K dramas always parang merge all these subgenres together and these tropes and I, they're doing it again with moving, but it's they're doing it so well. It's just it's Disney's second K drama hit in my opinion for the year and um. You're doing very well. Ang ganda niya talaga. Even Mong is... Um, is it so like Chronicle? I didn't see Chronicle. I saw Heroes talaga and I can compare it to Heroes with... um, What's her name? The crush ng bayan before. He, it's Hayden, Hayden Panettiere. Hayden Panettiere. The cheerleader that I've saves never, the world. I never really got into Heroes eh, but parang it wasn't a good recommendation because still, parang wasn't that show bad. Yeah, it became bad No, like the first season, season was good. No, the first season was no. Okay, the first season was good, but the f- the first season ended really badly. Like basically, the first season is like they're building up to something, building up to something, and it's like Correct. wow, this is Correct. terribly handled. Like, and then after that, season two, like it you went to shit. The right season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then wow, full circle, Tayo yeah. writer strike, <laughs> end episode. <laughs> <laughs> or talk about full circle. No, <laughs> you have one more. But anyway, so, mm-hmm. but anyway, I have one more, and it's Netflix's biggest hit of the year, which is One Piece. Um, I had no idea what this thing was <laughs> um, until we went to Japan in March, and everyone apparently was a One Piece fan this year in Japan because everyone's just in shirts when you walk around Osaka or Nagoya or even Kyoto. There, there was One Piece merch everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then when I did my Googling, it was because, you know, of course, this was the biggest manga ever pala in Japan, etc. Mm-hmm. But also Netflix was producing this this show with the same people that brought us Cowboy Bebop. So parang, okay, well, this is not very good news if, if it's the same team behind Cowboy Bebop. But surprisingly, I think they, they, hit the, they, hit, they struck gold with One Piece live action. If you're not an anime fan, because apparently One Piece is 45 episodes in, in the anime world. So I was reading 45 eps, but then there's also a thousand eps. So which no, no, one no. is there's true? A, there's a thousand plus chapters now of the manga. It's been going for decades. But oh, the anime is almost 
150 episodes, I think, or 200. But so if you look at the Netflix tab, it's kind of crazy. Like, the first season is like 65 episodes. I'm like, what? So I'm trying to watch this anime now because the live action did its job by hooking you into this world of pirates and um, adventure, which leads you to watching the anime if you're not a, the anime fan. So it's a biggest show for Netflix beating Wednesday and Stranger Things because it's at the top of 86 countries or something like that. And it already has season two in the bag. I mean, they announced it. And it minted stars out of this very unknown cast. The most famous of which was McKenny, who is Sonny Chiba's son. Shocking. Yeah. Who he gave that? birth to at 56. <laughs> I know, right? Wow. And he died of COVID last year. Who huh? was Sonny Chiba? Yes, he died. Of COVID? Damn. Of COVID at the age uh, of 82 or something. Yeah. Wait, this is Roronoa Zoro, that guy? Yeah, Makenyu is a son of Sonny Chiba, uh, who who taught his son Kendo at a very young age, and here he is. I'm not surprised that he's the son because his his stunt work and his sword fighting work is amazing. Asoka mahiyakan sa mga lightsaber duels mo. The I think that's why One Piece is so good. Apart apart from the world building, it's the action sequences, which is. I know, I love it. No, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm on the page now. I'm just, just to show you, uh, like one season is 61 episodes. That was May 16, Crazy. 15, 38, 13, 13, 30, 22, 11, 22, 35. That's 10 seasons, I think. Crazy. So, ganong It's not the done. biggest. Well, you know, it's not a perfect adaptation mm-hmm. of, of this anime, but it does a job. It's very entertaining. And who would have thought now the longest one of the longest running anime talaga ever is is a pirate story, diba? Hey, it's a big world. It's a big uh, resurgence of pirate stories. We have flag means death and then this. So 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 is it like cuz uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen the first two. They're, they're cute. They're nice. I mean, I love Noah Zoro. Um It picks up ano, at no? the fourth episode <laughs> and then and runs away. Parang ano no si uh, the the girl with the bow. Parang parang a lot of time passed between shooting the pilot and shooting episode two. It seems because suddenly she lost so much weight. Um, <laughs> studio <laughs> notes, yon. <laughs> yeah. But um, Emily Rudd, who's not uh, related to Paul Rudd, but uh, yeah, it, it it's one of those things where they act like. They're in an anime, no? Like, uh, uh, especially Inyaki Godoy, who apparently takes his job very seriously. If you watch interviews, he talks about the actor's method and everything, but he's basically like a cosplayer. <laughs> yep. I think they all are. I think they all are in the show. I hope season two is better in terms of, like, acting. Because yeah. right now, I think they're just mimicking their, their anime characters, right? John Cho. Ramon. What have you seen? Just to choose some highlights, though. Um, out today in theaters is Concrete Utopia, which is... Um, it's got Lee byung Soon, Park Sojun, Park Boyang. Um, the, um, one of, All the parks. One of the moms <laughs> from Reply 1988. Um, and it's this year's entry from Korea for the Oscars in, in the international feature category. And it's uh, an adaptation of a webtoon, very successful. And it's really fun. 
But I say that to the question mark, right? because it's a post. Basically, it's a post-apocalypse type story where it just happened, and it's kind of ridiculous. Huh? So bear with it. Bear with me. So basically, this um, cataclysmic earthquake hits basically all all the entire planet, but in Korea specifically, everything is decimated except this one apartment complex. And that becomes the concrete utopia. And basically, so, so everyone tries to make their, all the survivors left try to make their way there. But the original tenants are very, you know, become very xenophobic, basically. And they're about, uh, and, and they're also, it's also not, um, it's not like a high class building. So the, the richer apartment complex, which was raised, you know, they're trying to now come in. And then they remember being horribly treated, etc., etc. So may pagka Lord of the Flies-ish, um, you know, post-apocalypse, how to survive. Uh, they have to figure out, you know, running water, irrigation, uh, foraging for food, uh, surviving the weather because it's wintry. And then basically, if you're not indoors, you're going to freeze to death. Um, medicine, etc., etc. And galing ng acting from all fronts. Like, I've heard rumors of Lee byung not being the easiest person to work with, but he's great here. He becomes kind of the de facto leader because he, um, he basically uh, runs inside a burning uh, apartment to stop the fire because it can, you know, take out the whole building and then they'll all be dead. Park Sojun, they really utilized his pagka every man really well here. He's kind of the... He's the moral, but the parang the conscience of the film because it's Park Boyang, and it's so interesting because this is the first time I've seen her since Strong Girl Bong Soon. But there, she's married because to Park So Joon in this story, so he's like a civil servant. She's a nurse, so they're both considered very important in the you know, in the what 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 utility do you bring to the community, etc., etc. Is it uh, sci-fi like hard sci-fi or no, no, not really. Uh, it, it's really parang survivalist, ano. There's no like fancy tech or or paranormal powers or anything like that. It's just weird, na you know, parang you're, you're thinking, is it the only building? How how did this happen? And you know, parang how why are, why is no one else? I mean, you're assuming na the world earthquake basically decimated every other country. That's why there's no international aid. You know, because parang weeks pass, eh. and then they don't see any people basically except for you know the people outside their their community who have become cannibals, ganyan, ganyan. So it's kind of freakish. It doesn't have that kind of momentum that Train to Busan did, but it's definitely like a blockbuster type um, presentation. And uh, good acting, um, good production quality, and yeah. It was, but is it is it a good choice for a Korea? It was a peculiar choice, because. Eh, it's not like super arty, but it all, but it does have nga those parang commentary on social classing, uh, social classes, um, prejudice. There's also there's also flashbacks kasi that show you parang where people were when the earthquake happened, and then there are some things there about um, helping your fellow man and predatory lending practices, which is a big big issue in in Korea, which leads to so many people going bankrupt, ending up homeless, etc, etc. I can see when there, there's that angle of like social commentary, but it's very much like a blockbuster mode. I'm excited to see it. I, I, I want to see this this movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise. I, I, was, I was worried uh, with the name like Concrete Utopia and 
and it being like uh, not even the f- it's like part two of the web too eh? pero self-contained siya. I had no clue and then I went in blind it was fine uh, and yeah it's a, a fun time except yeah, a lot of harrowing things happen on the screen um, the other one of the other big releases recently is A Haunting in Venice which if you remember the trailer we just thought it was like a pretty you know normal paranormal thing and then suddenly uh, Hercule Poirot shows up at the last 10 seconds or something like that <laughs> so it's the third adaptation of Kenneth Branagh and uh, Michael Green uh, of the Poirot the Agatha Christie stories this one adapts Halloween Party and it's it's curious no because he just won an Oscar and he went straight back to his franchise he's back in the director's chair back in the acting chair back with the accent yeah, it, it's also got fresh from her Oscar also. It's got Michelle Yeoh, Tina Fey is in it. I I think it for me it's kind of easily the best of the three. Uh, of course, it's oh, got a murder wow. mystery, but it's because it's like parang presented as like the supernatural thriller, where see um, Michelle Yeoh is like a medium, and then he's trying really hard to debunk her abilities, but he's having a difficult time because he's actually seeing things himself first of all venice is so beautiful in this film it's like such a great tourism campaign ad um and it's it doesn't have as much cg as the other two films did uh the the palazzo where they're all trapped in is very claustrophobic and because of the sort of spookiness there are some gothic touches some elements of the macabre and finally it helps that Brana is obsessed with Dutch angles, with uh, fisheye lenses, deep focus. So I haven't finished any of them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Were the first two good? Uh, also, they're all right. Pero medyo, yun nga, like they're not like essential viewing. They're they're fine while you're in it, and then it's one of those things that you're 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 you've kind of forgotten it now the next day. But it's entertaining enough. What I like about this third one, guys, like besides the sort of slash horror angle. There's no ano eh, superstars that, that make uh, sort of take the air out of the room, you know, like Sil Galgadot or or Sil ano, Johnny Depp from the first. So uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's leaner, and you can just focus on the the the, the characters and the mystery, so to speak. What else? Oh, um, a film I've been looking forward to ever since I heard it was announced. I finally got to see it. Uh, which is the adaptation of Adrian Tumina's Shortcomings. Uh, the directorial debut of Randall Park, who has a cameo in the film. The script was uh, written by Tumine, adapting his own comic book. And Quark, where, where did you see it? Uh, Sundance. Sundance, okay. And yeah, so Justin H. Min is the lead, and Sherry Cola is his uh, best friend. Um, and it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is K lang. Alam mo, yeah. uh, perfectly K. Yeah, it's I was like, like kind of well. Justin done. Min is so annoying. See Justin Min. For those who don't know, he's the uh, the parang he's young. the <laughs> yeah he's young, but also he's in in beef. He's the church leader. Yeah, yeah. the church he's leader. He's in the by academy. You know. Major on the rice na Korean American talent. Yeah, I, I no, guess, no, pero no. unfortunately, I think kulang pa siya dito ng screen presence. Parang as a focal point, as the lead, it was difficult. Parang I, I still felt like there wasn't enough karang 
character in his performance, so to speak. I don't know if it's a charisma thing or or what. But um because yeah, it is kind of difficult, right? The the main character, the, the protagonist in the in the comic is an asshole. And he sort of learns his lesson. But it can but unless your asshole is charismatic or charming to a degree, you just end up, you know, kind of going why am i watching this story about a jerk to yourself which you don't want necessarily want to do i want to say though that i really prefer sherry cola here she's a little oa in joyride but here tama lang um and then uh i appreciate also that it's there are changes made um to the graphic novel and i think it's more about sort of keeping it from feeling dated not so much uh, an expansion. I feel like there's more leeway in terms of allowing the perspectives of the other characters, especially uh, the main character's girlfriend in this one. Like, the fight they have is really good uh, at the end. Um, but one of the things that made me laugh so hard is uh, in the comic, the, the, parang, he, he kind of makes fun of the, the sort of Asian-American films in Asian-American film festivals. And here, the amazingly, the amazing funny thing is, he got Stephanie Su and Ronnie Chang to basically do a scene that's right out of Crazy Rich Asians, which Ronnie Chang was in. So, yeah, <laughs> tawa ako dun, parang, <laughs> yeah, so, started strong. so pointed. <laughs> but like because Tomine is such a hero to the both of us, and I think definitely of all the. In the comics, people, parang he is the most, ano eh, like like perfect for for a cinematic adaptation. Because his the his uh, um, comics feel so cinematic, right? And it's it's very up there with mumblecore, with Lost in Translation, even kind of like that that ennui and melancholy. And then the, the shortcomings, guy, it was it was a little more affecting. It was wryly written. Uh, about imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, colonial mentality, the sense of being an alien, and then of course yeah, the dick jokes, the hence shortcomings, yeah, but uh, uh-huh. I know Asian American, Asian penis supposedly, uh-huh. and the the, the hence is <laughs> I know <laughs> insecurities, but parang Asian American wrong. <laughs> yung, I don't like oh in the vein of like all these nineties uh, quirky uh-huh. films which. Which I guess yeah is okay except, parang we've waited so long for this. Yes, <laughs> I, I remember. So, I sort of yeah. described it to someone as like, do you remember those '90s films that were influenced but not made by Woody Allen? It's this, eh? Yeah. Oh. So yeah. And then ang weird so pa na sila Jacob Batalon. Na film? <laughs> yes, super Cooper Rave. Super. Pagka, oh like, no. Annoying. Ano, pero mas, mas true to being an asshole si, si Min. Oh. Uh, as opposed to Cooper Oh, Rafe, no. Who thinks he's the Bida but is an asshole. Pero, <laughs> That's Cooper A. May Tavi Gevinson. Yung, and then there's this parang very parang amateur first feature uh, thing they do, which is Jacob Batalon's in it as one of the people who works at this indie art cinema. And then he makes Parang the reference for the Spider-Man movies. Na parang pare pang VMA awards yun eh. Parang ganung skit, diba? Yeah. 
sa ano and then of course Randall Park does have a like a very like a waiter role or something right yeah and yeah parang ano obviously this this man wants to shine in his small moment parang gano, ano, <laughs> parang why is this scene even here parang <laughs> so yeah yeah oh. oh no shades of M Night <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's, he is Randall Park, din naman, maski pa paano. <laughs> is it is it me now or is there? Uh, well, something we've all seen. Uh, well, John Wilson, how to how to with John Wilson? Aww. last season, final season. I just literally right before um <laughs> recording watched uh, that because I was like, have you seen John Wilson? And I'm like, okay, okay. um, Greek. Great show. It will be missed. It shall be greatly missed. Um, but parang okay na rin na three seasons na lang talaga siya, no? What were the reasons why he decided to stop it? I think there was uh, an aspect then of the ratings, but also what he said in an interview was like it was getting to a point where people could copy his style na. And he was like, he'd rather oh. it, he'd rather it left while nothing else was like it. Parang ganon. Mm-hmm. So gets ko rin naman. And uh, it, yeah. could, it, refl- it ref- was reflected in the season, diba? I, I think I've mentioned maybe early in the previous episode na this uh, these uh, this season's episodes were slightly like more profound, more deeper in what they were exploring. The the, the, the turns were like more existential. Um, and and then, but I do want to have to point out the penultimate episode, which was so wild. And then I just like, what the hell is going on in this story? <laughs> but that's the penultimate. You the... you make some abog the car. <laughs> the Soderbergh yeah. consulted one. Oh, so I was like, what the fuck is happening? Parang conspiracy theory. And then so a car blows up. And then when the credits come on, and then one of the consultants listed is Soderbergh, I just laughed and I was like, of course. <laughs> so yun yung rumination oh, yun truth. Oh. Yeah, med- medyo wild yun. Actually, I had a hard time following where what his point was after that. Well, parang I think it's a yeah. questioning of like, was anything I've done true? Yeah. Oh, oh. Like the, the staged, the staged, the staged toilet. Room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean you can you can all feeling like he knew about the the very last guy, which is kind of a very dark shocker. The very last person he interviews, I have a feeling he knew already, and kind of just um, perfect end. Uh, yeah. We, Basically, work backwards and parang, what else is this guy into? Where else can I find this person? Blah, blah, blah. And then, kind of like, uh, the, the, it, it becomes clearer and clearer that there is a lot of manipulation. And I guess, I don't know, like, like the, the good thing is that he never really said that it wasn't, it was a pure documentary. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. That he really has a team of people going around New York with the list of stuff to shoot, right? And it's not all all him, for example. So, parang, um, yeah, it's it's a good season because it kind of like questions his fame and his uh, being nominated. Yeah, but <laughs> and, but Court, yeah. in an interview after the, I think before the premiere, remember he gave out this lengthy interview. I forgot with who. I think uh, Vulturba. He was saying that in he really just met that guy at the 
at the restaurant. He met the cryo guy. Mm-hmm. And then it was so crazy that he was so accommodating to John. And he was so open about his book. And John just didn't want to pry in a very judgy kind of way. Yeah. He just let the guy talk. And then sobra siyang na-shock when the guy said that he castrated himself. Yeah. Like, he had no idea. But he just kept rolling and rolling until the guy was just very... Madami pa daw siyang kinat from that interview. Oh my God. And it was already oh, okay. like a long episode. It was like 40 minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's crazy. Wild. That's wild. <laughs> but yeah, it does feel like my arc to the whole oh. um, series. The first one is really kind of like ends with the landlady and him buying Love the house. Uh, yeah. So, and then from personal, nagiging mas uh, about community and basically about like the repercussions and, and then eventually like about life itself and truth but so I'm getting but but you're right like Ramon like kind of seen a okay this will be about something and it will lead to a bunch of weirdos and then that will um and then parang he'll end it by babawe siya by making it know that they're people too and that they deserve love just like <laughs> with the best of which for me I think was the vacuum episode yeah I, mm. <laughs> yeah a so um, friend of the pod Miguel Luktu recently attended a, a Q&A panel with John Wilson he produced this documentary and then Miguel went there and then he where talked is Miguel about based these days Miguel lives in... He works in LA right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he produced this documentary called Carpet Cowboys, which has, like, a, a long segment in the Philippines. So oh, really? now I want to see it. And now I want to DM John Wilson and ask him to be on this show. Because <laughs> mm. Miguel said he does it from time to time, and he, sometimes he, you know, he responds sometimes. What's a carpet cowboy? I'm not sure. <laughs> But I remember here, well, if it's a cowboy, everyone in um, Baguio. Masbate and Baguio are huge. There's a big cowboy culture oh. in, in those two provinces. Anyway, wow. just an aside. I wonder if it's the same. Huh? Like, hello, <laughs> hello, Baguio. <laughs> but we've been raving about this show for, for three years now and uh, it's done. Please watch it. If you haven't, you will not regret um, episodes HBO. are also on HBO Go. The first yes. season yes. long so far. First season, yeah. Another show on HBO Go. I think it's on HBO Go. It is, it is. It That's is where I watched on it. HBO Go. I, I mean, Full Circle. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Full Circle. Uh, Steven Soderbergh. Please don't spoil it because you're inspiring yeah. me to to pick it up again. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. Um, it's great filmmaking. And it's uh, Soderbergh doing HBO. Uh, I've not seen Mosaic, but, you know, like, when he did HBO, Tangent, um, The Nick, uh, it's, it's it's a different, it feels more like he's at home, I guess. He can be himself, parang um, And this one is written by Ed Solomon, who did um, the the Del Toro one, right? No sort of uh, Yeah. So, and it's kind of like a remake of High and Low, uh, based a on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's it's basically um, a rich family, the the patriarch of which is Dennis Quaid in braids, um, <laughs> and then his daughter Claire Danes and her husband Timothy Oliphant, and um, and uh, their son gets kidnapped, and um, by a Guyanese um, uh, mafia, right? A Guyanese uh, crime syndicate, and uh, what's and they're being investigated by none other than Zazie Beats. Um, from from Atlanta, and it basically revolves around the people investigating the criminals and then the victims, and how really everybody is hiding something. And uh-huh. if only they revealed what they were hiding, then this would all be over in one episode. But yeah, people are clinging onto their secrets, and um, it's it's very riveting, and it's super super. Uh, it's it's enjoyable. It's probably gonna end up. It's. I feel it's definitely going to end up actually in my top ten of the year. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Also, I mean, um, it's clear now. It's the same people behind Mosaic. Um, you know, in that sort of onion mystery type uh, setting, where you keep peeling back layers and everybody's hiding something. Uh, so there's a lot of red herrings where you think, oh, is this the thing that solves the mystery? And then it's like, oh no, it's just this one person's particular secret, and then. The exposure of which will dissolve a certain relationship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's got, it's got several moving parts, but good performances, especially the people I'm not familiar with. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I binged it. I was trying not to. I was watching it because with alongside, it was coming out alongside uh, another Timothy Oliphant show, um, Justified City Primeval. So. I was waiting. Uh, that one I was watching weekly, so I was waiting for. I waited for Full Circle to finish, and then I binged it. And I, I, I had a, I had a grand old time. See, ano pala? What of the the young the Ghanaian, um from Moonlight? The, yes, the kid in Moonlight. It's yeah. very, it's very distracting, though. How they have different versions of the. Well, I guess Ghana's accent is very close to the Jamaican. La accent. Oh, do it, yeah. do it, please. <laughs> do it, Quark. <laughs> Me so it's tired, it? man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Quark trying to get himself canceled. I know, I know, I, know. I, I fell into that trap. I, I, I said I was going to do it, but. Oh. Chaka ibang gana sa gayana. In fact, that that act that mistake is made in the show. I don't know if it's Ghana and Guyana or No, but it's made by no by the rich people. That's a commentary then. Sila Sila Oliphant or the Claire Danes make that mistake. Or maybe Dennis Queen. Well the uh, I don't territory not all, you know, spoiler. <laughs> but I think it's Jim Gaffigan. It may have been Jim Gaffigan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is great. This is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you spoiler in a Jim Gaffigan's <laughs> in the cast, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Great show. <laughs> Watch it. Uh, and then finally, I saw last night um, one of the most talked about horror films oh, of the no. year. Uh, <laughs> I really want to watch this film. Yeah, talk to me. No, it's just fun. It's so fun. It's like, it's, feels like the Evil Dead remake or I don't know if that's like Chris says that I should stay away from this movie because it's so freaking scary no it's it's fun I mean 
Fall into the trap, Mel. I know it's not super jump scary. It 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 doesn't. It's very teen horror. Oh, ganon nalang. Slasher. So, ano, diba, unfriended and, uh, ano, like, like, kids being stupid and hence they, they get killed. Parang yun. Oh. So, bodies, okay. bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> yeah, bodies, yeah, bodies, bodies. Pero without, yeah. the, good, the good thing is it doesn't have that, that very knowing, you know, of American horror, teen horror, that, diba, parang like, well, we're in the joke. Diba, ganun yung American, oh. especially the post-scream uh, I know, uh, teen horror stuff. This one is parang, nah, they're all in, man. Parang <laughs> it, it, it's got a fantastic opening scene. And then, um, uh, yeah, the, the the performances are great, including um, the, the surprise of another si Eowyn. Oh, it's Eowyn. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's an Aussie film. Yeah, I didn't know she was Australian, I guess. Miranda Otto. Oh my gosh. Miranda Otto, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's an A twenty four, And then they've had some good horror debuts this year. This one and the other one that's being talked about is it lives inside. And then, but they announced a sequel to this one. Oh God! Wow, uh, this film was made for four point five million, and it grossed seventy million wor- worldwide. Yeah, I think it's the second most successful A twenty four already. It passed Hereditary, and it's under Everything Everywhere. Wow, and it doesn't feel like an A twenty four, like like definitely. Well, in fact, when when I when we watched here in Singapore, um, there's no A twenty four, so it was like uh, Adelaide Film Festival, and a lot of Ooh. the Australia. There's like eight different logos, but A twenty four was so. This was uh, definitely uh, an acquisition on on their end. So uh-huh. so yeah, for better or worse, in the you, it doesn't have it doesn't feel like an A twenty four horror film. Okay. So yeah, uh, I'll really fun. try to yeah okay yeah. get gather the guts to watch this. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that's it. That is it for me. Can you keep a secret? I'm trying to organize a prison break. <laughs> We'd have to first get out of this bar, then the city, and then the country. Are you in or are you out? I'm in. We can't let this year pass without celebrating, I feel, one of uh, one of the most influential films in our lives. I, I'd like to say that. It's uh, Sofia Coppola's Lost in translation, turning twenty this year. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the September twelfth shit was the I think the theatrical release date, or was it the Telluride um, premiere date? But yeah, twenty years. The hell? <laughs> Where did the time go? But wow! So I I rewatched it last night. Have you, did you guys rewatch it? Oh, so for our Gen Gen Z fans. <laughs> Uh, who are younger than this movie? Uh, Actually, in there, Gen Z is closer, pushing thirty, right? Uh, oh, uh, uh, alpha, yeah, alpha, this right? is alpha, alpha. Oh. Um, uh, Lost in Translation is Sofia Coppola's second feature film after *The Virgin Suicides*, uh, also made at the budget of four million dollars, um, and it's basically about bah. It, it's it's it focuses on two people. Um, Charlotte, who's the wife of a popular photographer uh, named John, and she's kind of just stuck in her hotel, 
and um, she befriends uh, an action star, right? I believe Bob Harris is an action star who uh, is there to shoot one of those Japan-only ads for Santori whiskey. Um, and then they, um, uh, because of their loneliness, they have a very interesting friendship um, and they discover Tokyo together and maybe each other. <laughs> so that's... Uh, maybe. That's, yeah. Nice recap, Cork. Thank you. It's not available anywhere in the Philippines on streaming. What a travesty. Yeah, um, you have to rent it on I'm on iTunes. iTunes, yeah. yeah. Apple TV. Uh, terrible. But what, what, what does this film mean to you guys? Vibes. Well, Bef- before well, yeah. vibes so was we, the we, term. We, we did talk about this as being a vibey kind of film in our past vibes episode, and it still it really is the vibiest film of the 2000s. Um, Context wise, though, um, I, I feel like this introduced many vloggers to Japan, to Japanese travel. Because I don't think before this movie ever premiered, I don't think there was a, any film that was lovingly shot in Japan, in Tokyo. Like, like Tokyo well, was always like West. a... Not from the West. Yeah, with the Western gaze, right? Tokyo was always uh, hyper-violent because of like um, uh, Kill Bill, which was released the same year. Or historical, Endo, which is like Last Samurai, released also in the same year with Tom Cruise. <laughs> and, and and Japan was usually mostly portrayed in the West as like these people who are wish fish out of water in America trying to get in bed with corporate culture. But here in Lost in Translation, it's finally like you have someone who's so fascinated by Japanese culture, does the city so much justice by filming it in a very whimsical, very dreamy way. Although I think I, I do have some qualms about the movie now watching it as in the in twenty twenty three. Like there are some things that you have to change. But I it's such a great film by Sofia Coppola. It's so minimally written. Oscar winner, of course, for screenplay. But it's such a great vehicle also for Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. One of the one of my favorite bits of trivia that I can kind of remember is the show she won the Oscar. But there was some this is like pre-twitter right? so but there was like backlash about that win because the screenplay is only 60 pages so yes. 45 or 60 16 na long number eh pero a number of writers were upset na parang how can how can something like that right? win the best oscar uh, best writing of the year so mm-hmm. That I was, do that was this. funny. Na parang, but it was also something because I would use as an example whenever I had occasion, for example, to talk about or teach something about um, writing. Na, you know, the sort of rule of thumb. It's really just a guideline, about Which is like a minute on the page equates to a minute on the screen. But of course, that's different when you say she walks through Kyoto, and then that's you know that's one sentence, one line. But it can be a five-minute sequence. Um, but also, uh, no, a fair number of the scenes also were kind of improvised. Um, during the anniversary, I read this article about how it affected nga, the the tourism in 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 where in the areas where it was shot. They spoke to 
people who were on the crew, the Japanese crew of the film. And one of the things that they remember, besides the fact that apparently they were shooting so much without permits, was <laughs> see Lance. Is it? Yeah, Accord? that's awkward. Yeah. My hero. <laughs> so see yeah, Lance would sometimes would just shoot without even telling, I know. Without even telling Sophia, and she trusted him to do that. Na parang, you know, they might not be shooting a scene at that moment, pero kung may makitang interesting si Lance, he would just go there and start shooting. No lights, no permits. And the Japanese crew had never worked that way. We were like, what's he doing? They started to freak out. They were also, um, at the time of the shoot, you know, concerned about how, yun nga, the parang Western gaze, and are, are they mocking us with the. Uh, with certain <laughs> scenes, but stereotypes, yep. Yeah, so but you know, parang in retrospect, nga, it did um, elevate sort of um, tourism in the area, especially like the Park Hyatt, which uh, apparently had to they kind of had to put measures to keep people from going to the the famous bar at the top just to take pictures. Parang you know, parang you have to now actually sit and you know buy a drink or something like that uh, so I, I've actually done that twice with two different <laughs> sets of people now without paying go on, or? <laughs> well yeah no the one was 2004 I guess which, uh, the year after so maybe the second one was 2012 yeah we had work it was you your first trip mo, they were like this can't keep going on <laughs> Yeah, and then the, the famous one, the Shibuya shots. He took it from the Starbucks. I think he just got a coffee and then left mm. the camera on the on the floor and then just started taking. Grabe, ang galit talaga. Favorite ko talaga si Lance Accord. I feel so bad that he's just he's basically directing commercials now and he hasn't really shot anything. But why is that? And because he's making so much more money directing commercials, right? So, oh, that's true. Yeah, but he's such a hero. <laughs> he's really my favorite um, cinematographer. But but strangely enough, I was actually disappointed when I first saw this film. Um, really? Yeah. Shocker. And I think it's because of the trailer. Uh, because the trailer really, you know, parang... Uh, again, we have a fun, quirky romp along the, the streets of Tokyo. I was going to say, the trailer is so disorienting yeah, now. Parang, let's, let's stage a breakout. <laughs> First, we're going to break out of this hotel. Then we're going to break out of the... I walk through this... One of my favorite trailers ever. But it's definitely a bit misleading. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an era that the trailers had to really trick you into watching. Where? Yeah, because yeah. you had to show up on opening weekend, parang ganon. <laughs> so and then I, I remember being super obsessed. I think I had both posters. I had the the poster with uh, with him in the bathrobe, um, alone in the room, and then I had a poster of her in front of the yeah the, with the dinosaur, right? So, um, I was really looking forward to, to the film, and then it was just very quiet and uh, not much plot and kind of like languid um so i remember kind of like oh okay yeah it's pretty good like but but you don't know what to feel about it like a little disappointed um and i guess also because bill murray coming from stuff like rushmore 
na parang wow, ano talaga siya parang super funny and and this one is is a little sadder the the Bob Harris character but then um, and then I I just you know couldn't stop thinking about it and until like you know I I watched it so many times and then and then it became my favorite film of the decade <laughs> of the two thousands and I think um, super oh nga, I when I think siguro mga third watch like god like and of course this came out also the same year as um I don't know uh, Return of the King so in my mind the best movie talaga Return of the King best movie of the year and then I yeah I remember towards the Oscars sana manalo yung Lost in Translation <laughs> oh my god I really hope Lost in Translation wins so um yeah I guess by Oscar time uh I was like all in on Lost in Translation I think it definitely, like, as a director, also super transformed, like, my aesthetic in terms of, mm. like, 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 if, if you watch, I mean, sorry to talk about the the work, but, um, you know, like, stuff like Masilungan and, and by Sandwich or or Taken by Cars, um, Shapeshifter, parang biglang, oh, it's all, you know, melancholy, city, iboke, whatever. That's <laughs> 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 before, you know, Fincher, fast cutting, parang gano'n. So, parang, wow, this film really transformed me, parang as both a, a fan of, of cinema and as, like, as a guy who shoots things, parang, ano talaga siya, parang, wow, seminal. And it's so weird because it came out, you know, you were, what, 25? We were, like, mid-twenties na. So, yeah. kind of, like, almost, you know, past the point now of being super transformed by anything, I feel like, like, you know all the seminal films and the seminal albums we had already informed who we were and I, I don't think mm. I was ready for this na parang shit <laughs> I'm too old to be you know changing like this but this is amazing parang um, so I know and then like like you I rewatched it last night and it's just I don't know like, like and I was, I was again trying to well, this is it's also you can't grasp really you can't really explain why it's so affecting right? but um, but then I, I my guess upon like this which is like the 10th rewatch already is it's kind of like it makes the way she shoots it it makes you nostalgic it makes you nostalgic about the time that you are living in and now mm-hmm. that I'm watching it 20 years later Parang, oh my god, now I'm even more nostalgic about that time. Um, but also, I think, you know, if, if you look at a lot of the great poets of cinema, like Wong Kar Wai and, and In the Mood for Love, and, uh, you know, um, let's say Tarkovsky, and a lot of these people who shoot in this way, Antonioni, they're always about another time and another place. But this was really, for me, the first time where someone was making something po- so poetic about not only the time that we lived in, but almost about our scene. Parang, I mean, we're not American and we're not Japanese and we're not, but but it's like, oh, this community of, of photographers and and artists and new newly graduated people and um, neon lights and, and parang, parang, wow, it's like treating 
this this time and place we are in now, like Antonioni treated the 60s and, um, you know, uh, Tarkovsky treated the 70s and it just like suddenly just made everything so poetic. <laughs> I love how you put that. But I, yeah. I, I do agree. I, I don't think we give Sofia Coppola enough credit. I mean, not just... Not just because she's a daughter of Francis Ford, but also because she's a woman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she makes really quiet films. And films about women who are just enamored with older men. Parang gilded. In that interview, parang they asked her, are you more fascinated with all these gilded, gilded caged women, right? And she's like, I never really thought of it that way. But... I, I just don't think we give her enough credit. She's such a... I feel like she's so influential or her films really get into your skin even if you don't like it immediately. But you'll find yourself thinking about her movies in the car or in the bathroom or, you know, or preparing for a trip to Tokyo. You just want to put it on because you just want to be living in this moment. Uh, I disagree yeah. with Quark. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think... One of the things I was sort of thinking when you were giving your know, speech, she was basically of the age that she was writing about, eh, right? And then, of course, it was semi-autobiographical because it's supposed to be her and the photographer is supposed to be Spike Jones. It was about the end of their marriage. She's closest in age to Charlotte than any other character she's written, basically. Even until now, because, you know, she's getting older. Maybe she was closer in age to... Rashida Wilson in you know, on the rocks, but but at that time, right? and and parang the, the the feeling was like she was treating that age and that time and that scene as Quark mentioned with significance, with seriousness, with gravitas. Because it was all around it was like you know, parang youth culture as sex comedy type movies, na you know aimless or you know. Parang R-rated bro comedy. So it was nice, I think. There's a certain ennui, diba, that it captures so well, which is you're young and there's so many possibilities, but you feel frozen by the para option paralysis, kumbaga, na parang you're not sure yet what you want to do. And uh, you're, nga, parang you're trying to figure out who you are. There's an identity issue also. So. I think that's what uh, she was able to successfully capture. And it's also fitting that just recently her, her big-ass book came out, the Sofia Coppola Archive. And, oh, I uh, made Pabela. Yeah. Please bring it home. Freaking Tammy, right? Met her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to, like, that she was my dream person to meet in New York, that I would hang around the Whole Foods where, where I knew she was shopping. I'm like, is Sofia Coppola going to be here? But I don't know. Wala, si Tammy. Yeah. Yeah, Tammy. <laughs> Why? What's with Tam- Tammy DeVille? Tammy met her, yeah. Where? Oh, but, pero syempre, the, scheduled the event yun. Yeah, it's not like she yeah. ran into, ano, like, pinuntahan oh. niya talaga yan. Diba? Book yeah. signing yung pinuntahan ni Tammy. Yeah. And I gave Toma Mars um, a copy of Rock and Roll. Please give this to him. It's very, uh, <laughs> like, oh. She really, you know, inspired me. Blah, blah, blah. So, ano, yung, ano yung sagot ni Thomas Mars with accent? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Wait. Uh, 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 <laughs> this is a DVD? Okay. <laughs> okay. I do ko na si Rami Mars, their daughter. 
Anyways, <laughs> but I, I I was listening to a podcast with Sofia Coppola as guest, and she did express a desire to see the Philippines again. Yeah, and because she spent so much of her childhood here. Because so, there is apocalypse child, right? the yeah. original apocalypse child, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you look hard enough, she is singing uh, "Lupang Hinirang." I wonder if she can still sing it. Um, so hearts of darkness. It's out there on the internet. Yeah, yeah. her "Lupang Hinirang" cover. Yeah, I mean, and also brilliant, brilliant piece of casting. I, I mean, she's all even even stuff like the bling ring. She's really so good at finding ingenues, right? and then this was her masterwork of finding. Uh, well, I mean, Scarlett Scar- jo- Scar- Johansson had been in stuff like Manny and Low and uh, Ghost World, um, Ghost World, uh, and uh, Man wasn't there. But, parang oh man, she really ito na ito na talaga. The the birth of a star. Um, but I she was only why 18. She why she didn't pick um, Chris and Dunst, who is one of her muses. Yeah. I think there's, there's, Maybe a, there's, there's a, a scheduling quiet. thing. Because the next yeah. one was Marie Antoinette. Eh? Yeah. 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 Or maybe baka, Kristen baka, wasn't giving enough vibes. Baka nasa, I, I nasa, can't see Kristen. Nasa bring it on set, she. <laughs> and then, no, no, or Spider-Man, actually, the Vazen's, no, and this is like the... Yeah, actually. Well, well, very honestly, would you think that this film have worked with Kristen <laughs> no. Dunst? It could, but ibang flavor. Yeah, yeah iba, I, I, iba. Kaya naman niya, obviously, from Virgin Suicides, kaya niya yung vibes, eh. Pero, yeah. yeah iba, parang, rin yung, iba rin yung big guys ni Scarlett. And then, you know, it's stroke of genius to, talaga, to cast the 19-year-old or 18-year-old Scarlett Johansson to play at someone in her mid-twenties because she does feel stunted. Diba? Charlotte is like, you know, like that kind of like a bit snarky, judgy, philo student who's, you know, even was a man. But <laughs> like, like all of her acting, all of the... You know the the reactions to John, <laughs> to Giovanni Ribisi's character, um, especially when he's like talking to Anna Faris. Galing nito, what a what a star this girl and um, her haircut, like um, that scene where they're um, where there's like a fire drill and then she's waiting outside and like there's there's wind and like uh, uh, you know Bob Harris sees her from across the the. Um, the hotel entrance it's just like wow so so well cast and of course I cannot imagine uh, anyone else playing Bob Harris right? I mean she wrote the film for him yeah how about Harry Dean Stanton <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. The, we, we did read the website that had all the dirt on artistas. Remember that? And it was just all text. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one of them was that one of the items was like Bob Harris is based on Harrison Ford. And uh, uh, no, Sophia and him did have that kind of thing. No. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, how one. I mean, I, I would fall for Harrison Ford. If <laughs> Everyone did. But he was sleeping with, uh, no. He was sleeping Carrie with Carrie Fisher. That was um, but as for the other analogs, the Anna Faris was supposed to be Cameron Diaz, yeah. and this was supposed to be the era of the being John Malkovich tour, tamabab para tour yeah. parang ganon. Being John Malkovich, no, this uh, the Chinese Angels tour, but she recognized Spike Jones from their work together in John Malkovich. 
So, ano. And um, she famously had B.O. because she she just refused to wear deodorant. Yeah. Well, she's one of those people. This is Anna Harris or Cameron Diaz? Uh, Cameron Diaz. Uh, and she was uh, she was um, very vocal about, you know, like Mila Kunis. deodorant. Uh, yeah, I got him, sorry. Like Mila <laughs> such a great scene, by the way. The the whole, the three of them together. Yung, um, I have terrible B.O. Oh, I'm so like, sorry. Oh, oh, and then he covers his nose off. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Arigato, Arigato, <laughs> Moshi Moshi. <laughs> if we're talking about real life uh, analogy, so see Spike Jones apparently did, um, Marty's classmate, I think, was his assistant, and he did have a lot of hair products. Apparently, he was very obsessed with hair products. Oh and this is throw a yeah, there's a throwaway <laughs> line that blink and you'll miss it, or you know, get distracted and you'll miss it, where it's like. John has these hair products and I don't know who I married. Like, you know, and so... I don't know. Which is weird because, you know, um, there there is a behind-the-scenes uh, featurette, right, on the DVD. And and Spike is actually shooting the behind-the-scenes. Supportive naman siya. Yeah. But then, then I think he realized, right, that, oh my gosh, is this about me and us? And then, I know, right? a, I, I think I read in an interview recently, but... But Tiffany Limos, um, who was Michelle Gondry's ex, also told me this before that Gondry How do you meet s- these, these famous people, Quark? I'm so sorry. What? <laughs> no, so, no. Limos was with Quentin when he came. Okay, okay. And but but she dated eventually Michelle Gondry, and it's you know there's a story like like I was at the museum with her, and then Gondry comes in and is like, uh, do you, does anyone have twenty dollars? I just I need to pay the taxi. I came from Paris. I don't. <laughs> Of anything that like you can have this twenty dollars, Michelle, <laughs> for for all the work that has inspired us all. Sabihin mo may utang pa rin siya. Sabihin mo sa kanya, hey man, remember me? You owe me twenty bucks, inflation included. Yeah, so but then Gondry screamed that ano at at Sofia in the premiere and made her cry. Uh, that's because, crazy, because yeah. that's so crazy. Because because he was being a good friend to Spike, and then she actually said that in a recent interview. I mean, she did say he screamed at me and made me cry, but Michelle got really mad at me. But <laughs> um, because you know, Paring is like, how dare you make fun of your husband and my good friend Spike Jones? <laughs> Galing, no, no, that's how he talks, oh, talaga, no, para Thomas Mars. <laughs> Quark has thrown, so, I think, three accents already in this I recording, know. in this episode. So, yeah, let's keep it going. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Okay, but there, this film has also received a lot of criticism. Um, you know, rewatching it now, I feel like wow, there's a lot of wild Japanese stereotyping here, and I guess if if you had to make this movie now, how would you guys change the the Japanese portrayals? The story is told from the perspective of an outsider. Yeah. That's true also. So, so I was, I was kind of wrestling with that. Diba? Right? Parang, it's really not from our point of view. Yeah, there is that parang... And you are kind of highlighting literally the translation. The title is Lost in Translation. So you are highlighting the fact that you are a fish out of water, that this isn't your culture, but that she approaches it. I don't, I don't think kasi they showed, they don't really show naman that she's judgmental, diba? In fact, no, she's no. fascinated. She's curious. Yes. And same thing even with, ano, with, with, with uh, 
Bill Murray's character. He's not much a judgmental. He's maybe baffled, bemused, but um, I don't think he looks down on it, naman. So I think there's that, diba? And of course, if you're also trying to highlight how different the culture is, then you would go to what might be considered low-hanging fruit. <laughs> but I think that within uh, the context of that story, where you are presented you know, as as an outsider at a new place for the first time and exploring it and trying to figure yourself out in a place in the home that is unfamiliar then it doesn't it didn't strike me man as uh, exploitative i would have done away without yeah. the oldest profession though without the prostitute scene you know what though i was that I, I was rolling, laughing yesterday and feeling guilty simultaneously. <laughs> like, I can't... But this is my favorite scene. <laughs> Mr. Harris. <laughs> I mean, not, not not because of the LR, you know, uh, making fun of that, but she is so funny. <laughs> oh. Yeah, physical comedy. It's like Bill Murray, I just want to add that uh, this also is like super important in terms of how to use music mm, and yeah. score and song. Score by Kevin Shields of My Bloody Valentine. And it was his and first work in a long time at the time. Because I looked at his IMDb, I was like, what else is this the Shields score? Because it's such a good score. And that's the only thing it scored. Wow. Oh, so, Sabi niya, after this, never again. <laughs> What's your favorite song from the soundtrack? Well, actually, what's your favorite needle drop? Might be the the better, I know, I know, because there are songs that, like, for example, maybe maybe the Phoenix, which I'm guessing is yours. Is that your, I know, um, it's a great just song. Like so I, I just like honey. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, but just like honey is used better in the film, and so that that's also my. Um, my vote choice. Um, oh. Yeah, for for like the best. Yeah, and unfortunately, wala sa soundtrack. Pero ano ko eh? Air. You know, I'm a low hanging fruit boy myself, <laughs> so it's uh, it's peaches. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the teachers of peaches. But no, I, I really. Yeah, but love maybe Kazuo. maybe the air also, which feels like score. No, and then. Uh, parang ah fuck air palato <laughs> ganda and see I, I really went that I really also shot in that pond in Kyoto I shot my classmate crossing the those stones mm. ganon ganon obsessed and then yung ano yung mga wishes sa ano sa tree na puro papel man like that's I love that film so much but um uh, there was also the the brass in pocket um, needle drop. Well, it's not really a needle drop. They're basically karaoke, but it, that also is one of my favorite scenes in the the film where he's singing. It starts out with him with Bob Harris singing um, uh, uh, Elvis Costello, right? And then she sings brass in pocket. And then when she's going, I'm special. And then Bill Murray's going, special. And it's such a sweet scene. And then it goes to um, uh, More Than This by Brian Ferry. Mm, and mm-hmm. the way they look at each other is just like, fuck. <laughs> it's platonic, right? It's... But have you seen that video where no. he supposedly, you know? I mean, they kiss. He isolated the audio. Have you seen yeah. that? No, I, I, I've not seen that. Yeah. But do you, do, yeah, you, do you believe that? Science. 
I do. Yeah, they use science so no. But but parang also they like, use science. I, cho- I chose to forget. <laughs> Why? What did he say it. supposedly at the end? It's short, eh, diba? <laughs> Huh? Like, don't ever let anyone tell you, you know. That's you, way too uh, like, long for a whisper. Uh, pero it it cements for sure na parang magiging sila, huh? which no one wanted. Parang ganon. Because what he basically yeah. says is, "Diba, wait for me." Parang ganon. I'll find you really? in, in the states. Well, parang ganon. I choose to not acknowledge this. As yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> which is why it was not. Which is why they left it. You know, sort of ambiguous and unheard. Diba? It's like. The when we talked about before, yung deleted scenes ng in the mood for love, na you know certain things were shot and supposed no, were supposed no, to happen. No, but of no, course, no, 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 yeah, no, no. it's better na it's better yeah. that it's it stays amorphous para ganon. I would love. I lo- I um, know he went back to his wife and divorced her, but did not seek Charlotte. Parang na- no, but that's so platonic mm. because there there is that ingitan factor. <laughs> My favorite, ano, eh, minor character si, ano, eh, si, Midnight of the Oasis! <laughs> and then, ano, eh, parang, parang, ano, eh, may ingit si, si Charlotte, and then, parang, ano, the, he was kind of, like, reprimanding her. I like, mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, they have feet, they have, like, infatuation, but yeah. not, not consummated. What, what's your favorite scene in the film? I think when they're running through the streets of, of Tokyo. When, when they're being chased. Yeah, when they're being chased. I, I really like that. That that part where they finally like connect physically. And also, how she shoots Tokyo, to be honest. Because I think, you know, there's just genres of movies where it's location as a character. And this is my one of my favorite location as a character films. And also, that's also autobiographical. Right? Like, like, Sophia was in love with... Tokyo, especially like X Girl, was was based there, wasn't it? And then uh, she had oh another gosh, line of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so definitely, you know, that love is genuine. Yeah, like it it really changes every um, viewing. Like what my favorite scene. I think in the, in the most current, it's the one where they're in the bed because uh, there's so many drops of wisdom. Like uh, and especially about. Like be parang natamaan ako sa you know like like the day that your children are born is a is a your first child is born is the scariest day of your life and then they learn how to walk then they learn how to talk and suddenly they become the most delightful people that you'll ever meet in your life. Boom. Galing. Did you watch it with Yaka? Um, I I rem- I did show it to her when we started dating, um, and then uh, yeah, because of all the, all the breastfeeding duties and stuff, she never Aww. gets to watch movies anymore. But she's like, oh, you're watching that again. <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, no. Hey, would would you guys consider this? Because after this, there was like a spate of like quote unquote the hipster vibey film, films. Right? I mean. Yeah, and not only that the vibe was, but but kind of like the that the they have a certain look. Right? I think the 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 one soonest after this, maybe even the same year or the year after, it was Garden State, the right? parang oh god, parang iba na yung hipster hindi na Tarantino, Fincher, ano eh, parang naging ano na to, uh, Juno, Garden State, Five Hundred Days of Summer, but there was a no. spate <laughs> of movies, and yeah, like like I think Five Hundred Days is like. My most Stop. hated this, movie. 
<laughs> I know. That's like, no, I remember watching Guard, uh, 500, uh, wait, Garden State or 500 Gar- Days? Uh, 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> yeah. I remember like being super into 500 Days and then like at a certain point, I'm just like, wait a second. Am I a fucking target market? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> when he starts singing Pixies, I'm like, wow, yeah, woo. And I'm like, take a long, take a long. yung algo before the algo was invented. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel this is the first. And of course, the best. But but it really did start that spate of, ano, parang, ano, um... Like, basta, yung, yung almost mumblecore-ish, but, but with, like, this sheen of gloss and, ano, and, 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 and urban loneliness, parang ganun. So, I, I think this would make a great know. double feature with her. The Spike Jones sagot to Lost in Translation. I think they complement each other so well. But it, it feels like her is a much nice, it's much nicer to Sophia than... This was the Well, she still no. doesn't want to watch to it, fair. right? According to that latest Rolling Stone interview. She doesn't want to see yeah. Rooney Mara playing her. <laughs> well, are, are you guys looking forward to Priscilla, which is Sofia Coppola's next film? Yeah, of course. Uh, because I, I, anytime they describe that as the anti-Elvis, I'm there. Mm. <laughs> 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 so much so... Na hindi sila pinayagan to use any songs. So it's a Priscilla biopic that they, without any Elvis Wait, songs, it, they weren't, it, they weren't given the permission. It was the Elvis estate, right? Who refused yeah. the songs. Okay. But, but Pero, Priscilla... Wait, and that's under, alive, the, right? the, that's under the control of Riley. Oh. oh. So yeah. Riley could have just said... She's the one in charge. Okay. Cute. No, but they're, they're, they, don't agree, they don't like it. Nga. No, but Priscilla Even likes though, it. Yeah, of course. Oh, Even though Priscilla is... Is you know it's her story, yeah. but they don't like na it portrays nga that light of uh, Elvis. Na Predator. You're fourteen. Let's get yeah. married. Well, are are you? I know. Uh, I I know we said she was underrated and everything, but are you guys Sophia fans? And I think we talked about. I this am. The rocks I am like I am. It is no secret she is my number one brain crush. I worship the ground she ro- walks on. Even if I will not look good in her outfits, she is my style peg. She's just so. What's your favorite one of the underrated? Is it Beguiled? Is it Somewhere? I actually really did like Beguiled. I hate Somewhere. Yeah, I didn't like Somewhere. But I think I hate Somewhere because <laughs> it, it really ripped off Lost in Translation. <laughs> Marie Antoinette, the, I think, the, the is weird... a good. I think it's aged okay. Marie Antoinette. The one I like that you guys don't is, ano, is the bling ring. If that has its yeah. own cult, no? That's... Bling ring. More power, Sophia. Thank but you do you guys do you guys feel the same way about Sophia? I mean, I she's just she's just amazing to me. I, I think she married a rock star because of Lost in Translation. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, parang it's yeah. just the power Mal- of Lost in Translation. Parang you forgive a lot. <laughs> yeah. She's just so cool. Yeah, I don't so think great. anyone emanates that and it, sort of maybe that quiet yeah cool. it's effortless parang for her no I think that time in cinema that that was like the the, the most like oh wow friend crush barcada talaga because like you know Wes was the one who hooked her up with Bill Murray and you know Spike was her hubby and Michelle then therefore was in the circle and parang as opposed to uh, but it seemed like oh my god wow like you know, it's really this cool group of 
um, you know, musicians and artists and skaters and, you know, hence the jackass people also were in the circle and yung mga ganun na parang, wow, what a, what a community. <laughs> Please watch Lost in Translation. You can get on, it on, iTunes. On, on iTunes. <laughs> on iTunes. <laughs>